0: So welcome to uh, today's session that's part of Penn State Startup Week, which is now Penn State's virtual startup week, given uh, the, the scenarios with uh, quarantine and social distancing. So I thank you all for taking some time and, and joining in with us uh, for this online discussion. We, we have a couple of great entrepreneurs along with us today. I think are going to be able to give some nice insights on What it's like to be a leader and an entrepreneur, particularly in times that are uncertain, which is where I think we are at the moment. So uh, let me just give you a quick bit of background about Startup Week. Uh, We're just at the beginning of this. Uh, So each spring, Penn State Startup Week brings together the best and brightest Penn State students, alumni, and entrepreneurs, and innovators for a week-long entrepreneurship immersion and celebration of the magic that happens when Penn State's inspired doers put their great ideas into action. And uh, we've got a number of Penn State people on the board. One of our panelists, uh, Mike Wojcik, is also a Penn State alum. Uh, so the, we wanted to make sure that we brought some of this material to you and, and you had access to it. I'm Peter Hornberg, I'll serve generally as your host, but the, the real uh, people that we wanted to make sure we were hearing from today are our two panelists today, Mike Wojcik and Carlos Ojeda Jr., who we're gonna get to in, in just a moment. So without further ado, what I'd like to do is is get you introduced to our two uh, guest speakers today. Uh, First, I'd like to introduce uh, Michael Wojcik, who's uh, one of our our guest speakers and uh, a Penn State alum. Uh, So, Mike, uh, you want to just give a quick hello and and also maybe a little bit of background about uh, yourself and and the business that you've started?
1: Sure. Uh, Penn State, uh, 2003. I went to Penn State Abington for one year, uh, 1998, actually played baseball uh, at Penn State Abington before transferring up. Uh, My company's Voyager Communications, I started it in April of 2004, just a little bit under two years after getting out of school. So we're coming up on uh, 16 years, I guess, tomorrow. Uh, Basically, Mm -hmm. what we do is, uh, yeah, it's nuts at this point. Um, But yeah, so what we do is we are a telecom Expense management and account management company. Uh, it's basically a fancy way of putting it is we manage companies' cell phone programs for them, uh, help them cut, a cost, uh, cut their costs by working as a consultant for them where they pay us a portion of that fee. And Then we manage their accounts from that point forward where uh, we can we actually get paid by the carriers to do it too. So we get paid both ways, uh, both from the, car- the carriers as well as the clients. Like I said, coming on in 16 years, we have clients pretty much in every state at this point uh, and that's really, really the gist of it. I've, I'm involved just with Penn State as far as uh, been part of the mentorship program up at uh, University Park for the past three years. Uh, just started getting involved with Peter about a little bit less than a year ago. Yeah, not that long. Uh, yeah. And then also work with the Happy Valley um, Launchbox as well.
0: Yeah, and, and thanks. And Michael has been sure. a, a great asset to, to us. I got a chance to meet him uh, just a few months ago, but he's already been, yeah. been working with some of our students at Penn State Abington um, and providing, I think, great expert advice and support and, and just a, a, a wonderful presence for our students to have a connection to outside of the, the classroom space is to have access to, to entrepreneurs and leaders like yourself. Thanks. No problem. All right. And uh, next, we've got uh, Carlos Ojeda Jr. And Carlos, uh, you want to say hello and, and introduce a bit of yourself?
2: Hi, everyone. My name is Carlos Alberto Ojeda Torres y Diveja, Jr. Uh, but you can call me true. That's what everyone calls me. Uh, I'm born in North New Jersey, moved to Pennsylvania when I was a kid. I uh, went to Bloomsburg University, got my business management degree with a focus on human resources, a minor in marketing and a minor in law. Then I graduated and I got a corporate job and I made tons of money and I was really, really unhappy. Um, so much so that I quit. And when I quit, I moved and decided to go to Kutztown University. Uh, I worked in admissions there. From admissions, I became a professor professor, I ended up getting a job working with Peter Hornberger in the Small Business Development Center and started the Latino Business Resource Center uh, of Pennsylvania. And at 25, I left. I decided that I wanted to do something more and start my own business. I started my first business at 25. My second at 27, started a third business at 30. And then 10 years ago, started my current business, CoolSpeed. Uh, We are a youth engagement company. We provide programming for students, uh, parents, and teachers all across the country. We started with two people. Um, Now we've got about 50 facilitators and 12 speakers uh, that do programming in 47 states, or at least we did until the coronavirus outbreak. And now we are working really hard to try and survive without any schools or universities open. Uh, It has been a True, drastic change and and a monumental challenge to respond. Uh, But uh, we've been very successful and we have a wide range of of clients. And I do a lot of mentoring with young social entrepreneurs, young people that are designing and developing really awesome ideas to change our communities. Uh, And so I'm happy to be a part of this and answer any questions that might come up. All right. Thanks, Carlos. And
0: yeah, you know, I, it's amazing 10 years. I still remember, um, I remember being, I think we were in Denver, Colorado at the time doing training for the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. And you showed me the slide deck for what became now obviously Cool Speak, what you're sitting behind. And it's, uh, it's really cool to have been uh, around you to see that, that whole development process of you uh, taking a handful of slides, uh, not very un like what most of our students are working on in classes and turning that into into a business now that, that's been for 10 years and, and you have a, a lot of other people now engaged and involved with you doing that. So uh, to me, it's a really cool thing as, as a professor to be able to see the same work product uh, that, that our students are doing uh, in your hands, you turned it into something that, that now we're
2: looking at 10 years later as, as a, a great business. And, and if I'm being totally honest, the the nexus of this business uh started in a marketing class uh, and i convinced everyone in my marketing group that our semester-long project in our grad work was basically the foundations for this business so just like your students this idea for this business started in class started taking what i was learning in class and just uh taking my dreams and, and and my visions of the future and marrying both of them to start laying down the groundwork. So the basics that they learn there are applicable. They, they, they go from uh, just simple thoughts and abstract ideas into nuts and bolts real businesses that impact the lives of people everywhere. Yeah, that's great. So
0: this is wonderful. So what, what I have is just a couple of simple questions uh, for, for our two panelists, Michael and Carlos. But again, to the, to the audience, if you have questions that, that you're uh, thinking about or processing, Uh, put those into the group chat. Uh, Our co-host Amaris is going to sort through those and organize. And and as we have time towards the end, she'll be able to filter through and and ask uh, some. Hopefully we can get to them all, but she'll be able to at least uh, get some of those questions sorted and organized and and addressed to our uh, presenters here towards the end of the session as we have question and answer. So feel free uh, to put in questions or comments into that group chat. I think that's a great way for for us to communicate both uh, information to Amaris as our co-host, but also if you have comments or um, uh, things that feel great, you know, if you want to give thumbs up, you can do some of those things through some of the the features uh, in Zoom. So we invite you to do that. So uh, moving on, uh, Michael, I'll I'll start with you. And what I want to ask is just a little bit about what do you identify maybe as some of your uh, formative moments places or people that, that influenced your leadership style or development? Where, where do you see some of those connection points coming to be, uh, who and what you are today as a leader?
1: Man, um, honestly, two real things. I, I grew up playing baseball. Uh, that was my life. That was kind of what was on my head on as to who I was growing up. It taught you taught me a lot about, I think sports in general teaches you a lot about uh, the discipline and time management and the failure and doing everything right and having it not always go your way and getting used to that um, but when I talk to people anymore I realize that you really get lucky a lot of times in the situations that you're born into like for me my dad started a company a landscape company when I was five uh, my little boy was three and I had a newborn brother's like four months old and the idea the one thing that I got to see firsthand was just hard work and work ethic, and that was nothing to be afraid of working hard or putting in long hours. And if you just keep hammering away, it's going to eventually or should come your way uh, by putting in the work. So I think I was really, really lucky it, at that point. Um, but sports definitely played a big role in, it. and as I've gotten older, I've just read a ton. Um, Any more, there's podcasts, but I think where I was at when I got started to where I'm at now is just completely different because I never was very good at speaking out in crowds. I was always somebody just kind of led by example. Um, and as I've gotten older and more comfortable and just being myself, you kind of can grow into being more vocal leader. Where before, When I first got started, it was just more of setting the example and going from there. Now I actually understand how to, how to tell people what needs to be expected and set the expectations for them where I wasn't really ready when I was 23.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I, I think back to, um, you know, being young um, and, and 23 seems like, oh, you know, you should have things figured out. But um, even at 43, I, I still have so much to learn. There's yeah. so many things I don't know. Um, and, and to me, you know, when, when you're young, some of those things like sports, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's easy, but there's a lot of things kind of set up for you as your challenges, like school and mm-hmm. and sports. So, do you, what? Where do you look for challenges to um, push you to learn more? Now that you're you're you uh, know you're not in high school anymore.
1: Yeah, um, I've always been really self motivated, so I just I don't sit still very well. Um, like now with this being quarantined, I've got two kids in the house, um, so we're constantly doing stuff there. But it also gives you time to to kind of retool and I don't like to sit still. I like to be challenged. I always find that I'm at my best time management wise, where I have something ahead of me that's big and scary. Um, for me, mm. I've gotten into triathlons as I've gotten older, doing the, um, like the Ironman events and uh, Escape from Alcatraz. I've found that I like the things that are kind of self-selecting, where somebody hears that you're going to try and do X and they automatically say they're not going to do it because it's too scary of a goal. And the second I hear that somebody that you're going to attempt to do something, whether it's in business or anything else, that somebody automatically discounts and says, no, nah, I could never do that. I'm like, Oh cool. This is going to be the next thing I focus on trying to accomplish. Great.
0: That's very cool. And, and Carlos, I'm going to come over to you with, with basically the same question where, where do you see some of the formative moments, uh, people, places, uh, collaborations that that kind of shaped you as as the leader that you ultimately became today.
2: It comes from multiple sources. Uh, if I'm sitting here wondering, you know, where my leadership style comes from, the the first one is probably charismatic leadership. Uh, the the first thing I can remember is watching Martin Luther King's speech and being captivated by this man's ability to speak in a manner that. Uh, regardless of your educational background, regardless of, of your socioeconomic background, he spoke in a language that, that hit on so many bandwidths and wavelengths that everyone in the crowd and, and that charisma uh, was, was very powerful. And, and so I, I've learned that in order for me as an entrepreneur to make something out of nothing, because when I started my business, uh, I had nothing except for this mouth and this voice, right? Uh, I didn't have, uh, I, I couldn't get loans, I didn't have uh, rich relatives or angel investors, capital was not existent, so how do you, how do you build something out of nothing? and The first thing I learned was I, you have to be able to, to, to be charismatic and use that charismatic leadership to galvanize individuals to believe in what you're trying to build, to believe in your vision and 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 the thing that you're trying to to create um, so that was the first form of leadership so I, I found that as i met amazing leaders uh that that were great at what they did and 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 uh, I, I would flock to them to learn from them uh the second one came later which would be uh servant leadership uh i met uh lieutenant colonel consuelo castillo kickbush with uh highest-ranking Latina in the U.S. Army and Presidential uh, Medal of Honor winner, and, uh, and she taught me about servant leadership, about necess- you know working for others and, and asking what you could do for others, and, and that really uh, defined uh, my approach to leadership is, is, is one I lead by example, and uh, while everybody in my company works for me, it's really about me working for them, what I can do to make them better. Um, that approach has always come, uh, have been the cornerstone of our business and our success because a lot of times when we, we, when we're out there doing the leadership, uh, doing the work, if they don't have the money, uh, I'll find a way to make it work. Uh, m- service first, mission first, money second, which as a former business professor, I will tell you that that's the, like the last thing you really want to hear. But in truth, uh, we believe that our work is so, great and we're so passionate about what we do, if, as long as we f- focus on service in every level of what we do, uh, it will come back. It will manifest itself in, in success. And our company, going from two people to a multimillion-dollar company, uh, it has proven that. And we have gone against the grain. Even in this time of need, You know, the first thing we did is we relieved everyone out of their contracts uh, so that no client would feel like they had to pay us because of something that went wrong. Uh, and we started focusing on what we can do for the communities before we even thought about, you know, uh, what's in it for us. Of course, we have people in our company that are focusing on the plan B and, and all the different things. But our first response culturally in our company was, what can we do for the community? What can we do for the kids? What can we do that? So servant leadership is the other form that, that is really majorly ingrained. And the last one is disruptive leadership you know, the Steve Jobs, I know it's cliche, but the Steve Jobs, the Elon Musk, I like to disrupt. Uh, and in my industry, I've disrupted quite a bit. You know, we we, we turned what is expected from student programming uh, on its ears, and, and being disruptive and being proactive and progressive and, and pushing the envelope and, and not only existing outside of the box, but like kicking the box to the side and going to see what's down the street from the box have been uh, uh, another sig- significant element to our success. So those are the three types of leadership that I would say are, are intertwined with what I do on a day-to-day basis.
0: Great, thanks Carlos. Uh, so one of the reasons why we we kind of pulled today, today's session together is that obviously a lot has changed in the past uh, about two weeks since uh, we, we've had some uh, quarantines, uh, we're, we're, we've shifted to fully online learning, and one of the things that I was asking students is what are some key words that, that were reflective of what, what they were feeling and going through at the moment, and I think the top word that, that we noticed was um, uncertainty which is why we, we really developed today's session. And I appreciate Michael and, and Carlos for a quick turnaround as this idea just popped into our heads that this is, this is a feeling of, of what's going on. Uh, but what, what I know we are all going through is, is a moment of uncertainty. But what I think is a learned and developed skill is how do we respond uh, to moments like this and how do we, we make adjustments? And what I wanted to, to again, address in, in the next question is what are you doing differently today, this moment, than, than you were uh, even just a, a few months ago as, as a result of some of the uncertainty that, that we're dealing with now, uh, but also kind of trying to figure out where, where we go next. So, so Michael, I'm going to jump back over to you again and, and just ask, what what's different about how you lead, how you communicate and connect with, with both people, loved ones, um, employees, uh, clients? How, how are you managing and, and connecting differently now that... Um, We're going through the the social distancing period that we're in right now.
1: Uh, Pretty much everything's changed. Um, For us, I mean, we are a company that is best in front of people. And it's kind of changed how you look at doing business. Um, I was on a call yesterday where I usually would have flown down to to Texas to be in front of these guys. And it's just not a possibility. So it kind of makes you rethink everything i think it's really good to always be able to rethink and look at everything you're doing and this kind of forced forced us to do that just because you can't do what you're used to doing i think that's really good because you kind of mentioned everybody's in this uncomfortable state of having to do things different but i really think that's always a really big opportunity space for people because if you just look around and see how you were doing things yesterday or a month ago a lot of times we do things just because that's what we do you know you kind of get in that rut that you're having success this is just how you go about doing business and you fine tweak it and and change it but at this point you get to look at everything kind of slows down um like carly said business kind of has changed in the course of a month of what you're doing because you can't do your normal thing so it's a really big opportunity to to streamline what you do and look around and see what is actually needed and how you can fine-tune your message Um, as far as how do we talking to people different um you just have to look at and, and treat this time for, from my side on the business side, uh, just kind of take the, take your foot off the gas because what's important to you in this moment and gaining new clients and so on, is not, it's not important to everybody else. So for me, it's just a matter of looking at our structure uh, and kind of getting ready for the next phase. I think it's probably the same for a lot of students that they can look at this spot. You can only control what you can control and um, it would allow you to, to look at where you want to go if you're graduating, where you want to go to, to work, um, kind of find the targets of who you want to who you'd be interested in um, and find ways to get in touch with those people now versus waiting till we come out of this when everybody else will be in the same boat. So on a business side, I'm looking at the same thing, figuring out what can I do in this moment that'll have me and us as a company ready to rock once we're back, back in the swing of things
0: yeah and and I, I think this morning we talked a little bit about how yep. you know this this moment is um, it 's uncertain, but at the same time it doesn 't mean that everything is stopped and and I think one of the things mm-hmm. that we were talking about that I think is yep. important for particular students on the call to hear is that um people like yourself you're saying you know what we're we 're still in that mode to say we're we're going to exist uh, in the future and we 're going to need good people, good relationships good um, customers. And and therefore you're you're still doing business, maybe not as usual, but it doesn't mean that you've stopped. And there's plenty of companies out there that are uh still hiring and and, yeah. and still actively going forward with with uh their, their plans to continue to be a growth company.
1: Yeah, we were talking um friends of mine that are recruiters are working like crazy to hire people right now. Um and like we talked about, Peter, it's this is the time it's really easy to separate yourself more than you realize because so many people don't try to do the extra that if in this time where you're uncertain about, Hey, I'm going to graduate in next the X amount of months. Now's the time where you can start doing your research to get ahead and reaching out to the companies that you might want to work for just to kind of get your resume out there. So you you have that step up and it's amazing. The little things that you can do in this time, it'll separate you from the rest of the crowd. That'll be trying to do this in two, three, four months or whenever we, we get back to normal.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Uh, so, Carlos, I'm going to come back over to you uh, again with, with that same same kind of question. Um, and again, I, I just want to keep reminding. So, drop in some some notes and questions. Amaris is going to organize those. Um, and we're going to get uh, some question and answer time with with both Michael and Carlos here in, in just a couple of minutes. Uh, but Carlos, coming back to you, um, I, I know we've already discussed, uh, I guess, probably last week, uh, we were talking about uh, how, how and what we're going to do differently and what you're doing differently as well. And, and one of the things that, that I appreciate about uh, you know, the relationships that, that I have uh, with, with some of these work colleagues is that sometimes we just get together to compare notes and say, how are you doing so that, that we can both become better? But uh, Carlos, what, what is it that, that you're doing differently right now? And, and I know it's probably everything.
2: Well, you, you, you asked Mike, you know, how is my life different? My life could not be more diametrically different now than it was three or four weeks ago. Uh, last year, I spent 211 days on the road. I travel all over the country. Not only am I the CEO of my company, but I'm one of the products of my company, one of the most sought after speakers in my company. So I'm always on the road. And prior to the, the the breakout in February, I was in Washington State, I was in Oregon, I was in California, I was in New York, so I was in all these hotspots. So you can only imagine how nervous I was that everything started to happen and, and we were pretty prepared, but now I'm at home for the last three weeks with my three beautiful kids and my wife upstairs, but I am uh, going a little crazy with an audience. I was actually super excited to do this just so I could talk to anyone. Um, And everything about our business has changed. Uh, We are launching our virtual platform. Uh, We will be doing programming, uh, webinars, workshops, all that programming online. Uh, We will also be launching free keynote presentations for schools all across the country where they can just tell their kids to log on and watch these presentations absolutely free. It's our way of contributing to what's going on to kind of break the monotony of classes. I'm sure the college students that are here don't know the different levels and what different professors are doing, but my three kids, they get exhausted. Uh, It's actually harder to work from home than it is to go to the classes and all of a sudden my kids missed that school so we're trying to provide that programming but completely shift um we know speakers that are like oh we'll wait it out that's not our mentality you know uh if, if you're not changing then you're becoming stagnant uh and so while this is a, a significant crisis with real repercussions you know having to find cash flow having to uh, probably get some, some, some loans in order to sustain ourselves, having to cut back and who do we cut and why and making all of those strategies. But above and beyond that, it's about what's next, what happens when this passes, because it will pass. Uh, and you have to understand that. And then you have to be that person uh, that when when they say go, when things are back to normal, you are at the head of the pack, you are moving faster and you are stronger and better than you were before the start now, what helps me in this kind of situation, and Peter, you're going to laugh, but Eileen Hogan, professor, Dr. Eileen Hogan, our, our, our colleague from Bloomsburg many years ago, gave us a bunch of personality tests. I and mean, one of the things that she discovered was, I have an insanely high tolerance for ambiguity, meaning I am always comfortable with being uncomfortable. So even in this situation, as scary as it is, I'm all right. I know I'll get through, I know my company, I know my business, I've done it for 20 years, I understand my clients, I have very personal relationships, so everything that we're doing, we're talking to clients about what they think, and it allows us to map the way forward, and you know, uh, really great businesses are built on the performance during times of turbulence and, and, and difficulties, and my company is no different than that, and this will be another, uh, uh, Another moment in the development of my company where we chose to step forward and, and really redefine what we do and how we do it.
0: Yeah, and it's funny, you know, you mentioned Eileen Hogan, um, one of the professors that we both had as students. And and to be very honest, you know, I see some of the questions coming in. You know, how how did you kind of prepare? How do you deal with this this period of uncertainty? And and I got to be very honest. One of the first people I, I reached out to um, as as things were. Uh, becoming a little bit more uncertain was I, I, re- I still reached out to uh, that professor. So that was probably, I, I definitely had hair back then. Uh, so it was probably a good 20, 25 years ago, but the, those still those people that were part of our lives as uh, professors are still part of uh, the, the, the group of advisors that I think uh, at least both Carlos and I can tell you that, that we share some, some uh, common, um, uh, influences and 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 that's something that for students to understand that even though you might be graduating soon, you still have access and and uh, the relationships that you build with mentors like Mike and and uh, professors like Dylan, myself, um, that we're we're still part of
2: of the future that that you guys develop as you move forward. And, All right, and, and, kind of and senior, you, you kind of struck on something. Just because they're graduating, just because this is the senior year, just because you're stuck at home in your apartment wherever you're at doesn't mean that the world is standing still. and doesn't mean that you can't do something. Uh, I, I'm a firm believer and and let's keep it real. I think I thought one of the questions like, how are you dealing with and keep yourself motivated? It's not easy. Uh, I, I'll be totally transparent. I go from moments of really stressed out to uh, super happy and relaxed. Uh, and it, 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 it shifts all the time. But the one thing that I, I, I know is that I can do stuff. I can keep busy. I can uh, work and make plans. I can take a walk with my kids. I can do game night. I can go put them in the car and go for a drive. The place is empty. Nobody's on the road, but we can drive and put music and do a sing-along, or I can uh, call students and talk to them. Uh, we, we have a hit list of people that we call on a regular basis just to touch base and do faith time with them. Reach out to people I haven't spoken to in a while. Check on them. Plan business. There's so much that you can do that this time, Uh, it feels like just because we can't stand still doesn't mean that we can't move, move our lives, move our minds and our bodies and move our, our careers forward. Cool. All
0: right. So we're going to get over to some, some questions. So, uh, Amaris, I'm going to come over to you. I know you've been organizing some of the, the, uh, questions. So Amaris, what, what questions should we pass on to our, our presenters?
3: so i guess one of the questions they deal mostly about the quarantine and how i guess you guys are coping through the quarantine one of the questions we got for both mark michael and carlos was one major lesson you've learned from this time since this wasn't really prepared for was there any panic um at your company or during or for yourself knowing that um there could be some type of profit loss or etc uh
1: i'll Start, I guess. Um, as far as panic, not really. Um, but I always try and tell people that we work with and people that work for me that you go, you can have a great month uh, and you can be a rock star that month. And every thirty first of the month, that gets wiped clean, and you got to start over. So everybody kind of has that idea and understanding that to do this and to be in this type of business, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And it's such a cheesy saying, but we. Repeated all the time because it it's just business nothing ever stays the same so there's definitely stress um you're not used to doing like exactly what carlos said your your days are usually filled up and you know have an idea of what you need to do uh so this is a huge adjustment to kind of adjust two things um it's nothing is what it usually is we're both you know Carlos said so you have your kids at home, you're trying to run a business, your clients are spread out all over the place, you have to try and get them through email or cell phone, it's not the usual way to do business, and then you'd be on a call like now and have your, your kid walk up and they need goldfish. So it's a lot to get used to. Um, so it's, there's definitely stress involved, but like Carlos had said, we've both luckily been in this for so long that you realize there's always peaks and flows. And it's just a matter of figuring out how to get through this part and, and on to the next and, and moving on. Cool, Carlos, yeah. and any thoughts on
2: that? Um, yeah, I, I don't think there was panic. Uh, you know, it, things happen so quickly. Um, there is fear. Um, I think the biggest challenge is just getting people to talk about it. Because you ask people how they're doing, they say they're fine. And it's, it's hilarious uh, when people are saying, if you're fine and this situation, Uh, I'd hate to see what not fine is. And I'd hate to see what great is uh, because the truth of it, it isn't. And I'm very, very transparent about how I feel. So when people's like, oh, I'm fine. I'm like, well, not me, things are kind of crazy. Uh, You know, uh, and and, uh, I'm fully aware and getting people to talk about it and process what's happening so that it doesn't overwhelm them is the key to make sure that they are uh, productive. Right, uh, you know, and you see some businesses that are making those mistakes where, you know, they're not focusing enough, and and they get backlash like Amazon or Instacart or or Whole Foods, and you you got to play a balance. There has to be a balance that you get through this, uh, so that uh, we get through it, but we're still sane at the end of it. So, it's just about asking um, how you're doing, and then being kind of really assertive about it. Sometimes it's it's having a side conversation. Uh, sending a picture of two lion cubs hugging because apparently that brings joy to everyone. Uh, it's it, it sometimes it's it just uh, stopping and playing call of duty with my kids or uh, just trying to find that balance. Like he said, it's funny because he just mentioned that. And my son just walked in here and gave me Pringles because he said I looked hungry, <laughs> uh, uh, which is hilarious. Um, you know, and it's a new reality. Uh, <laughs> doing business and i can see myself doing a keynote and having my son poke his head in going hey girls because he's 15 you know (laughs) and shouting it out um the big thing for me is balance and processing right because you if we all walk around with baggage and uh and that baggage kind of stops us from being productive sometimes so we gotta check that baggage so let's talk about it what's on your mind what are you freaked out about both personally and professionally. So, I, you know, even in this situation, I will tell you, my mother is alone. My father died many years ago. She won't leave the house. You know, I can't bring her here cause she won't. So she's always on the back of my mind. Like I make runs to get her groceries, to go talk to her uh, and talk to her about the wacky things she's watching on Netflix. Cause young old people should not be allowed to be <laughs> Netflix by themselves. Uh, and I'm, I'm, from a business standpoint, you know, we, we just had our first engagement canceled in June. And that that the measuring stick. It's like, uh oh, we're moving into a, a whole nother month. Uh, it's like Mike said, every 30 days. i like, crap, we're already starting to impact. And right before I got on here, I was I was trying to salvage uh, a summer camp. You know, a program that's almost $50,000, uh, $57,000, trying to salvage it, trying to calm the fears of my client, saying, we, you know, here are the the options and and designing. So the way we do business now one of the biggest differences is contingencies. So all of our contract now have a plan A, plan B, and plan C, Could that guarantee that I keep that contract, keep that money as opposed to someone just canceling. They go, well, if we cancel the live event, we'll have plan B, we'll have plan C. And just trying to find balance and plan ahead is probably the two new words that are constantly on my mind. Yeah, that's
0: great. and. Thanks for all the questions. We've got lots of questions coming in and I'm going to come back to Amaris. I know you've got a couple more. Uh, keep sending them. What, what, I know we're not going to get to all of the questions that are coming in, but this is also kind of, um, as we're talking about how we adapt and adjust, this is stuff that, that we need to be mindful of is that maybe these are further ongoing conversations we need to, as, as Abington uh, LaunchBox, as Penn State Abington, as the Penn State University as a whole, uh, these, these would be great conversations for us to develop some podcast series right now while, while we're virtual. So uh, one of the things that I know Amaris and, and I have been talking about, we'll, we'll put together some things and, and hopefully get these questions addressed, maybe not today, uh, but in other formats where we bring together other leaders um, and, and have these conversations continue and ongoing and distributed via podcast shortly. But Amaris, back to you for more, one, at least one more question.
3: Oh, okay. Um, so I guess I would answer, I guess I would ask the question that um, Helena asked. Most of them are just about emergency plans, um, and Carlos already kind of touched on that, to have an emergency plan and to kind of prepare, um, have like plan A, plan B, plan C. But I guess uh, in particular, what do you guys have in mind for an emergency plan during these times? Or if this ever occurred again? <laughs>
2: I'll be honest, and I'll tell you, <laughs> I never planned for this. I mean, this is probably the most unprecedented thing I've ever experienced <laughs> in my entire forty-three years of life. I yep. and I had contingency plans, but nowhere that I imagined that at my entire industry would flatline, like in the blink of an eye. It, it was a the cascade dominoes falling. Once that first school canceled school for the year, boom it was off to the races. Once that first university, boom. And we saw it coming, uh, but there was no way that you would be able to react, right? Uh, and, and the funny thing is, and I'll tell you the largest challenge is that we've moved and reacted faster than our clients have. So while I have programming ready, they don't know how to reach their kids. They don't know what they are doing. So we have to kind of slow down and help our clients catch up to where we went. We. We we lapped them. We went too far, too quick, and it's like, wait a minute, we forgot the client. You know, the 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 business relationship is is the vendor and the client. We got to find a way to bring them back. So we're kind of switching gears a little bit and helping them get on their feet because they were wiped out. Uh, So now didn't have an emergency plan for this. Uh, We'll have an emergency plan moving forward. uh, You know, so that we never ever run into the situation again. Thanks, Carlos.
1: Yes, yeah, so um, on our side, our business is kind of has a built in safety net because our clients run off three year, three year agreements with us. So we have receivables built out through 2023 at this point. And with the ongoing service, they're constantly using us uh, on an ongoing basis. So, well, this whole situation is really messed up and is screwing up a lot of things for us in this moment as a company what happens and what's as what's happened in the past like when 2008 happened and the housing bubble exploded we get really busy again once things kind of once people get back to work mainly because when things are very very good expense management's a non-issue like before 2008 people were printing money and you couldn't get in front of them once now that everybody's having this giant slowdown we kind of are in a good spot once we get back to normal because everyone's going to be looking at all their costs again. So even though we don't intentionally have a a safety net built in, just based on how our business is set up with our agreements and our service, we kind of have a safety net already in place. If we don't close any more business for the next three or four months, we still have these receivables out to 2023. Cool.
0: All right, go ahead, Amaris. We'll finish up we've got one more one more question as we we get ready to wrap up but uh maris i'll let you uh, close it down
3: and i guess for the last question i would ask if you guys were 20 to 25 years old again with the current situation how would you go about starting um of a business knowing the business industry is run from your experience what are some things that you wish you knew as a 23 to 25 year old that you know now <laughs>
2: That's what... Uh, sorry. That's, uh, everything. Uh, I, I, th- I thought she'd maybe give us a softball at the end. <laughs> yeah, i <I'm sorry>. no. <laughs>
1: I know for me, I, at 20, I mean, I'm almost 40 now, um, everything. I wish I knew everything. I wish that I would have proactively looked for people that had businesses already to ask for their advice because people are so willing to give you um, they're, they're, they're so willing to give you help. help. All you have to do is ask, and I think that's where a lot of people, especially when you're younger when I was younger, you don't realize that people are willing to help if you ask for it. So I I would definitely look at, if I'm looking to start any type of business, I'd look for business owners around in that industry, reach out to them and ask for their help and their advice and what, may, what your idea is and where they can poke holes on it so you don't spin your wheels for a couple of years like I did of making continual mistakes that you're doing because you're having success but they're stupid and they're a waste of time that you could have eliminated all that waste
2: years ago if you just would have had mentors in front of you yeah mike is right on the money i'd want to know everything i'd want to know yeah. uh, and yes you 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 i i do that also you you go to every single person that you think is amazing or, or successful and you ask them question uh but i'll take a flip side i wish i wish i was more confident i would tell myself oh yeah to be audacious and be bold. I, yeah. And that's funny because Peter knew me at 25 and he, you know, I'm borderline arrogant. At, <laughs> at three. And, and, and I still wasn't enough, right? I, I still had way too much doubt. I probably would have started my business sooner. I would have started Cool Speak at 25, be in a completely different place. Uh, it took me several businesses before I had the, 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 the boldness to just create my own. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and go after it. Right. Uh, I would have, don't, don't self doubt you, you just try. And if it fails, then you try again, you know, so many of us serial entrepreneurs, we, we start, we fail, we learn from it and we build the next thing on, uh, you know, uh, on the cultivated soil from the failure of the last one. And you just continue to try. So I, I, I wish I had more confidence uh, at 25, 23 and oh, yeah. saying, you know what? go for it don't, you know, don't be scared because it's funny because at 44, I should be more risk averse, but I'm not. I'm like all in. And I wish I had that at 25 when I, I didn't have a lot to risk. Uh, but yeah, I, I'd want some confidence. All right. Uh, yeah. Hang
0: on. One second. Let me come back to my screen. We'll, we'll kind of wrap up. So Again, I wanted to to thank both of our speakers for for joining us today. Amaris, uh, as the co-host, I think you're ready to be the host uh, moving (laughs) forward. Uh, You're better at this than I am. So we're gonna gonna, uh, hopefully develop uh, and and transition you into being just the host of these events. But um, it was great uh, to see, I I think at one point we're up to 46 participants, which I'm really um, proud and thankful of that uh, so many people turned out. I appreciate uh, the support of of both Michael Wojcik and, and Carlos Lojeda Jr. to come in and share their thoughts and and um, uh, commitment to both uh, Penn State uh, entrepreneurship innovation, but also just their support of passing along those lessons that that uh, most of you guys are, are asking. What you know? How do you do this stuff when you're 25? Um, it, it's it really is amazing. And like I said, I, I I've only known Mike. Uh, for a few months. And I've known Carlos for uh, many, many, many more years than that. Uh, but it's amazing to see when, when you meet people like Mike, um, uh, Professor Dylan Weissman, who's on the call, that there's a very, there's a common thread amongst uh, all of these individuals, which is that not only are they're great at doing things for themselves, their family and their loved ones, but they're also some of the most giving, caring people that, that I've come in contact with and um, I just hope that those that are on the line recognize that leadership is, is both about doing, but it's also about giving, as Carlos was talking about servant leadership, and, and there, there are many ways that you can be a leader, and, and they don't always mean you have to stand up and be the loudest and, and the one running out in front of the crowd. So again, I, I want to encourage you to take advantage of other Startup Week activities. There's some other events, including one tomorrow at noon. I'm doing an event on design thinking that, that again, is free and, and available to anybody to access that. Uh, so you're more than welcome to join that. There's some other events all across the, the university as well. Uh, so as we wrap, I just want to come back over to Michael first, and Carlos uh, will finish up with you. But um, just any, any final thoughts or, or words that, that you want to share with, with students before we we wrap up for the afternoon?
1: Uh, the nothing is permanent. Uh, this is just a hiccup in everybody's lives, hopefully. Uh, but nothing stays the same. So even though everything seems like it's off track right now, it all changes and it all gets back to normal. And whether you're 20 or you're my age at 40, there's peaks and valleys nonstop. And the best advice I've ever gotten is you just get comfortable being uncomfortable because it's always going to change. So
2: it doesn't make anything too big for you.
0: Good, thanks. And Carlos, how about you? Any, any final thoughts as we wrap? Uh,
2: if you're feeling horrible, sad, depressed, angry, frustrated, alone, lonely, uh, it's okay. Uh, I think we all are. Uh, and we're probably feeling all of that at the same time and more, right? What I say is that you process that, feel that, get through it, and then move on, all right? You got to pull up your your bootstrap, put on the big boy, big girl pants, and and then do what you can do, right? Because there's nothing worse than idle hands, right? You, You really need to take this opportunity. And I will say, even from a business standpoint or even personal, one of the things my wife and I did, we've changed our schedule with the kids. We spend more time, movie nights. We are... Playing games every I go play football with my kids. Uh, we're working out. I I have lost during this crisis. I've <laughs> lost five freaking pounds. Right? Good for I've you, man. Crisis in my life, right? <laughs> I'll be honest. Uh, but it's okay to have those feelings. It is not okay for those feelings to prevent you from being successful and from moving forward and from doing good things for yourself for your family call someone, reach out to someone, share some ideas, get on an a, on a Instagram chat, talk, come up with ideas what you wanna do, what's gonna do after this, what do you wanna, you know, eat. look, seniors, I know you, your graduation, ah, but you can party after the graduation, but you can start planning now for what happens after that graduation party. So it's okay to feel all those feelings because this is a really crappy situation. Uh, on, on a magnitude that is worldwide, um, but it shouldn't control whether you are successful and whether your sustained happiness is, is impacted. Uh, quite the opposite. You know, go kick butt. Be the amazing people that you that you are, all right? Uh, and if you need a laugh, uh, Google me. I'm, I'm funnier in real life when I do my Uh You can watch one of my videos and crack up uh, because, you know, uh, laugh a whole lot
0: that's it cool thanks Carlos and uh let's see Amaris I'll come back to you for just your final thoughts so you can close this out
3: um I want to just say on behalf of the students and myself um this event for me was pretty motivating at this unmotivating time and as an entrepreneur a young entrepreneur myself it's good to get advice from people that are doing it or have done it so I appreciate you guys for being oh, we a part I
2: appreciate you thank you very much
0: Cool. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks, Michael, Carlos, Amaris, Dylan, uh, all those uh, that joined us, students. Um, it's great uh, to have you guys on board. And, and we, we really appreciate the, the time and energy, uh, particularly of our speakers in, in sharing their thoughts and experiences uh, as we're, we're going through Startup Week at a time where um, I've never experienced a Startup Week quite like this before, but and, and hopefully we won't, we won't again. But this is also a time to um, take advantage of the resources that Penn State brings to bear. And I think uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to take that, that selfie here is because you're, you, we still have a Penn State community. There is still um, a space and a place for you to interact and, and get involved. So thank you guys. Um, and hopefully we'll catch up sometime in the very near future.